Welcome to Triple T Thursday. That stands for Tips, Tricks, and Tutorials. Today I'm here and joined by a very special friend and guest, Miss Justin Moore from Creator Wizard YouTube channel. So most of the time I let my guests introduce themselves because I don't want to butcher it. Because although last week I totally nailed Jessica Hatch's intro, I was really proud of myself. So I'm still patting myself on the back for that, but that's neither here nor there. Everyone, please meet Justin Moore from Creator Wizard. He's going to talk to us today about landing your first brand deal or maybe getting more brand deals in 2022 since that's the year we're in. So Justin, take it away. Why don't you introduce yourself to people who don't know who you are? All right. Well, Shelly, thanks so much for having me. Stoked to be here. Uh, yeah, my name is Justin Moore. Uh, I'm the founder of Creator Wizard, uh, where I help you find and negotiate your dream sponsorship so that you stop leaving thousands on the table. Is that something you want to do? Because that's what I'm going to help you with. That is the only thing I talk about on my channel is sponsorships and brand deals. So if that's something that's interesting to you, like Shelly said, um, I would love for you to head over and subscribe. Uh, my quick story, very quickly, um, is that my wife April and I, we've been creators ourselves for over 10 years. We've been, we started our YouTube channel, our first YouTube channel in 2009. So before the partner program was even a thing, before you could make money on YouTube, right? This was, uh, I owe it all to my wife because if she hadn't have started her channel, I would not be doing this at all definitely not um and so yeah we started um you know multiple channels cooking channel family vlog channel my wife has a beauty motherhood lifestyle type uh, focus channel it's her largest one um and then uh about six years ago i started an influencer marketing agency helping bring other uh creators uh partnerships and so i have a very unique perspective because i have you know my wife and I have made over $3 million working with brands over the last number of years. And then I've also helped creators, uh, other creators earn an additional $2 million. So like, this is my thing. This is my wheelhouse. This is my thing. It. This is my thing. This and is I it. Lean, I lean into that. Um, yeah. And then about a year and a half ago, I started making content on under Creator Wizard because I just saw, I've been helping so many of my friends kind of informally, other creators like via text and getting on the phone. Hey, can you help me with this negotiation? What should I say back to, you know, this type of thing. And I see so many mistakes being made. And I was just like, you know what, let me just, let me just like create some content around this because people need to like hear this thing. And so yeah. it's surpassed my wildest expectations in terms of, uh, how it's grown. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. That's so funny. Okay. So there's actually several points that you've mentioned that we're going to get back to. Number one, um, people out there, we're going to give a round of applause for Justin for being here, but also what's it like having one focus? We're going to give it an applause for that. Like, woo, wow. That's so unlike me. That's yes. well done. Well, well done. Let's actually, let's actually <laughs> talk about that real quick because when I started, I was not that. When I started, I was the business of being a creator. That was my tagline or whatever. Yeah. And I, I thought that that was specific. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah that's super specific. Not so like, much, huh? Yeah, like all I can talk <laughs> about, you know, email list growth and I can talk about other, you know, diversifying your revenue as a creator and like all this stuff. I love I love talking about that stuff. But like, like eventually it was just too confusing to people. And I was just like, mm, I don't know. And then one yeah. day it was like yeah. an aha moment. I got a DM from someone that follows me. And basically she was just like, you should just talk about sponsorships like that's all you should talk about because you're that clearly is like your biggest strong suit and I was just like okay you know though it's <laughs> so funny other people see things in us that we don't see right so a lot of the time I'll ask you know friends I was I was talking to someone today I was like 
what do you what do you see me as? Because I, I can't see me. I can't, very John Cena. I can't see me. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you for one second here. Please. We're going to play our game, which we always play every Thursday. Okay. I don't know if you know the game or not. The game is what's in your cup. So everyone oh. out there, you have to then let the class know what is in your cup today. I'm drinking H to the O. Oh. Yes. Okay, well, I am, I am what do you drinking got? H to the O with, mm. uh, a, with non, a hint of flavor. Non-calorie ah. sweetener or whatever it No, is. you know what, yeah. though? I love sparkling ice. You know, like yes. the whole, like, talk yes. to me sparkling ice, the zero calorie. Oh, yeah. I call them sodas, and my husband is always like, that's mm. not a soda. And I'm like, bubbly, fizzy, flavored. Yep. Tastes totally. like soda to me. I call it soda. So, okay, audience <laughs> out there, I know someone's drinking coffee. Someone's drinking tea. Put it down below what you're drinking. Let us know. Let us know. Okay, it, I think it's so funny what you said, though, when someone else is like, oh, you should just talk about sponsorships because behind the scenes, I've actually, way back in the day, which was a Wednesday, when I was in coding school, we were all trying to figure out uh, jobs, right? And so we were interviewing at different places. I was helping girls behind the scenes, like renegotiate their offer letters and send them back to the companies, right? Or I have creator friends, so I'd be like, hey, you know what, you should ask for more money or something like that. And so it's like, I've been doing this uh, for everyone but myself, but I'm so glad that you're here now to help me myself. <laughs> so one of the very first things that I'm going to say is, do you think that a channel has to be a specific size or have a specific, you know, like amount of audience before they should ever think about doing brand deals? Like how small is too small? Well, Shelly, it's funny you ask that. Because uh, oh, it's like it was planned or something. Like what? Yeah. Well, no, it's it's. I, I joke because I recently made a video on my channel called "How to Get Sponsorships with Zero Subscribers." <laughs> it's obviously very hyperbolic, but uh, you know, I I made that video because it's like I get that question all the time. Is like a lot of people feel like there's this arbitrary number that they have yes. in their head. Like, oh, once I hit ten, once I hit one thousand, once, once I, I hit ten thousand, yeah, once I you know, right? get monetized, like whatever. It's some goal in their head that they made up. It's arbitrary, right? And and maybe, you know, uh, toxically, one brand said, like, oh, you know, you have to have – maybe someone told them once upon a time, like, oh, I can't work with – we only work with creators over 10,000 followers or whatever. Right. And so that was, like, in pe someone's mind. And, like, I hate that brand because it's, like, that is very, very um, – disruptive to your what should be your mindset as a creator in terms of when you can work with brands and so essentially my my advice is that it, it doesn't matter how many followers you have and let me ex let me explain that so um i have an anecdote so um because i run the agency um i have we have done literally hundreds of camp of campaigns and you would be very surprised because oftentimes what happens is that brands what they're very specific about the types of creators that they want to partner with. Oftentimes it has nothing to do with how many followers they have. It's like, for example, we were working with a major telecommunications company, like a wireless carrier, and they they found that their product and their message was resonating with the fire community, you know, like financial independent, retire early. Um, and so that's who they wanted to target. And so one of our tasks as an agency was to go out and find creators who fit that bill. And one of the creators that they loved the most was uh, a, get this, Shelly, their niche was uh, budgeting for active duty military. <laughs> so he had nice. less than a thousand followers, less than a thousand subscribers on YouTube. And yet the brand paid him very handsomely. And what did the brand do? This is the reason, like, I want you to really pay attention here. Everyone listening. What did the brand do with that content? They turned around. Yes, he posted it on his channel, but they turned around and they cut it and repurposed it as an ad. Right now, if they're going to do that, right. And I'm sure that you talk about this a lot when you talk about, um, a lot of the red flags and maybe some of the things in a contract that you're going to look for. And I know that you have a lot of information to share on this. And anyone who's watching this, 
Justin has an email list that you should absolutely subscribe to because he sends you, I can, you can tell them, you send them out weekly yeah. emails of brands that are willing to pay and work with influencers looking for people, correct? It's like yes. people looking to work Literally, with people it's, getting it's, brand deals. He's giving them complete, to you free weekly. Yes. So go sign up down below. <laughs> right? For real. It's, it's literally a free newsletter. I send you sponsorships. Uh, so you have, you have no reason not to sign up. Just go to creatorwizard.com slash join. But, uh, but you're exactly right, Shelly, is that, um, you know, all of these things that brands want to do with your content, like usage rights, like using it for paid advertising, maybe embedding it on their website. Yep. That's very, very valuable. Like real quickly, um, think about if the brand didn't hire you, what would they have to do to get that content? They would have to go out, hire a production company, hire an ad agency, hire, hire director, actors and actresses, hire talent and makeup yeah, and content. wardrobe and lighting. Exactly. Um, and then not only do they have to produce the content, but now they got to pay Instagram and Facebook to serve the ad. Yep. Right. So as a creator, not only do you, are you the creative services, right? You're the production team. You're the editing team. You're the marketing team, but you have a distribution channel where you have a bunch of followers. Even if you don't think it's very many, you have followers that you can serve the distribute the content to too. So think of yourself as a production company in a box and you should price yourself accordingly. Right. And you know what? I think a lot of the time, some brands, not all of them yet, and we are coming to a day and age where they're starting to realize that influence is not always the amount of followers that someone has, right? We'll have people who can buy followers. We'll have people who, you know, have audiences that are not engaged. We'll have Instagrammers who are complaining on live that they can't sell 17 t-shirts even though they have 400,000 followers, right? And meanwhile, you may have this uh, 1,000 follower active retired military savings person who is exactly the demographic that you're going after. You could not pay that in advertising to get to that targeted anymore. Cause I know right. like, uh, you know, Google and YouTube have, have really kind of uh, taken some of that away, that funneling mm -hmm. down. So if you think about it too, there's a lot that you have to offer, whether it's your experience, your video editing skills, your distribution, your reach, your, you know, all of that. And even if you think that your audience is small, let's not forget that even if you're good at creating content, you could license it to that brand. They can use it on their Instagram. They can use it on their website. They can use it in their print materials. So you could be basically the photographer and videographer that they hire as an outside source at a much cheaper rate than if they had to go to wherever they're hiring their people usually, right? Yeah, and, and real quickly though, like, we're not talking about cheaper here, Shelly, okay? Because I didn't say that. not necessarily cheaper than you. <laughs> I didn't I, say maybe that. the brand thinks that, but yeah. uh, there's a, a lot of advantages that you have as being a creator because you have a much more intimate knowledge with social media. So the, the, your value proposition shouldn't be, hey, I'm cheaper than the ad agency or whatever. No, no, no. Like it's, you can lay, out, lay it out. It's called value stacking, right? It's like you lay out all the different things that you're going to provide to them. Yes, the investment is going to be X, right? But, you know, anyone listening here, no, you're not cheaper. Maybe you know you are, but that's not something that you volunteer when you're actually putting your proposal together. And yeah. I want to just, I want to real quickly, when we were talking about niches, uh, everyone listening here would be like, oh, like active duty military budgeting, that's super niche. Like, I don't know, right? But, and you would think that that would limit your opportunities like that would limit the amount of sponsorships you could do because you're just so narrow and it's actually the opposite okay because if you are making content that is 
literally the same as hundreds or thousands of other creators, it's so much more difficult for a brand to understand why they should hire you because there's you have no differentiation, right? But when you're very specific, you're going to actually get more opportunities. I can personally vouch for this having run an agency is that it's the creators who have a very unique creator identity. Those are the ones where it's like the, the most, uh, it's, it's, it's the uh, most obvious for the brands to be like, oh yeah, right. that's an interesting diverse person. Let's like go work with them. And I think it's funny because, you know, if some makeup company is saying like, hey, we want someone who does special effects makeup that's all cruelty free, that is like really well versed in this type of thing, you're not just going to go get like some multi-million one who, who does every new launch that comes out. You know what I mean? Like having specificity on what you do and what your audience is can be very, very valuable to a brand looking to hone into that audience. Now, one thing that you did say that I wanna um, like put a little light bulb in, is you don't say it costs this much, right? You always say the investment is this. Oh, and yeah. I think it's really important that we start talking about phrasing and phrasing is gonna be a big key, not only when it comes to in your contracts and distribution, but what are some of those, you know, phrasing keywords that we're also gonna be looking for later when we get into red flags, like things like, mm -hmm. we've talked about it a million times, in perpetuity, I know you say perpetual on yours, you know, I am always like, anything that says perpetuity, we're just like, that's a big red X right there, unless it has multiple zeros after a whole bunch of, right. like, there's a whole bunch <laughs> right. of stuff that we start talking about there. So um, right. we're gonna get into some of those red flags as well. So one thing, the answer is, you're never too small to start thinking about brand deals. So the person who came out with, you need a thousand or you need 10,000, maybe for them, whatever, but not for us. And I will say when I had 700 subscribers, one of the first things that I was doing, I had a makeup channel and I was trying to get all of these different foundations and get them sent to me. Cause at that time I was willing to make a video in exchange for a 50, 60, item, right? Because I was under a thousand subscribers, but I wanted all this product for free to make more content. So I went and this is what I did at the time. I went to Instagram and I went to Sephora and I went to Ulta and I looked at every single makeup company and I looked at all of the ones who had foundation because I was doing a foundation series. And then I wrote a personalized message to all of those brands, anyone who sold on those sites and said, I am doing a series about foundations. I would like to try this specific formula this thing and I will make a video in exchange, would you guys send me some? And I went until I was locked out of DMs and then I went again after that and I sent out like a hundred and some messages and I got like seven yeses, which is actually not bad. But like even that is technically a brand deal, right? Where you can start to go out there and get them for yourself. So some of these brand deals start with very small instant messages or DMs, right? And that's, that's one way, but then another is like, Find the person on LinkedIn, go to headhunter.io, find out their email address. How would you start to approach, if you don't have a lot of brands coming to you, what would you yeah. say are some kickstart ideas to go out and start working with some of these brands? Yeah, so I mean, there's there's some very, very low, hang, like low hanging fruit here when it comes to this. The, the first thing I'll say is that um, you need to be following everyone in your content vertical and engaging in their communities because the best way to figure out what brands are working with creators in your niche is like following everyone and see start to see who they're partnering with right um because it's like that brand is obviously already uh, understands the value of working with creators so that's like a really easy way to like make a short list of like oh yeah like this brand partnered with this other creator i think a lot of like people think that they look at everyone as competitors <laughs> and Ugh. it's actually it, it's, i call it's, them niche neighbors yeah, exactly. Thank you. It <laughs> blows my mind because it's like, look, when that creator gets a, a, a brand partnership, that is a good thing for you because yeah. 
guess what? They're not just going to work with that creator. They have marketing objectives. They need to grow their customer bases. So they're trying to find lots of people to partner with. So if that other person gets a deal, hey, guess what? Next month, that might be you. And so by following these other creators, and it's, this is the key, is really becoming a known quantity in their comment section. Every time they get a deal, hype them up. Congratulations. This partnership is so per perfect for you. Um, you know, yada, yada, yada. If you start doing that for months, and then when they finally get a a deal that is like a perfect brand for you, you won't feel as awkward sending them a DM and be like, hey, congratulations on this partnership. Would you be willing to introduce me to the brand? Right. Yep. And if you're putting in the work and you have a good, you know, visual identity uh, and, you know, the creator, a, a big part of it is the creator needs to feel comfortable making that introduction. Right. So you have to yep. be putting in the work on your they're own putting their name on you, their reputation yeah, on the putting line their name on you. Exactly. So you have to ensure that, you know, if they're doing that, that they feel comfortable doing that. Right. But like all these pieces come together and I, I, I talk about this like value, value, value thing. Don't just go out the gates. Hey, can you introduce me? No, it's about giving value first. It's about right. saying, hey, I was I saying you can't take like withdrawals out of a piggy bank that's empty. Right. You got to yes. put the money in first. You Thank gotta... you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think on one thing that, that you already caught on to right there is look at if, especially if you're active in your niche and you're cheerleading for others and you're, you're happy about it. And if you're starting to look at what did they get that is hashtag sponsored, hashtag ad, hashtag affiliate, because all of a sudden you know that those are companies that are spending money on influencers, right? So once you're also friends with them and it's not just like, it is kind of friends with benefits, you know, and if you think about like recruiters or like people at PR companies, they're just, um, they're friends with like wallets. <laughs> they can be like, you don't have to be adversarial to them. Like it can be yeah. okay. And like, Hey, they also see that you're cheerleading for them or you're sharing their sponsored posts or you're saying, hell yeah, girl, go get it. Or guy, you did it. Good job for right. you. And I've also had things where in my past people, um, companies would come out and be like, Hey, you have this phone grip. We want to, um, you know, do this. And I was like, you know what? That's not really in my wheelhouse, but I've got two other friends that do that. And then I, I would introduce them by email to these two creators. So I'm making that recruiter's life. I'm calling them recruiters. Just go with me on this. You're making the recruiter's life easier because you're giving them contacts to people that they don't have to go out and find. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're making the other friends happy because you're now referring them business or money or something. And if it's actually a whole small incestuous incubation period, eventually it's going to come back for you as well. And that's how I, how I believe. And that's not thinking about scarcity. It's about right. abundance and for everyone else and, and being happy for them. I was like, I could take this little, it was like a phone grip casing. And I'm like, I could take this video and take a few and maybe sell a couple. But I was like, why not give it to the person who has a phone grip channel or like a phone accessories channel? Why wouldn't I want to do that? You know, and also like have some goodwill with that recruiter. So that the next time, you know, I have, I've had ones where I introduce someone to a microphone company and they're like, that worked out really great. Do you have anyone else? Which makes me feel good knowing that, hey, I put my name on someone and it went well, right? I would be more willing to maybe do it or not do it again for someone else. So those are the types of things because if something else comes up, I know that that friend might have my back on something that yeah. might be good for me too. 100%. And, and I think at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, it comes down to like, gaining the confidence to actually make the ask, I think a lot of times, especially when you're starting out, like it's kind of intimidated. It's like, especially if you, maybe you do try to do, you know, send out some DMs or some cold emails to a brand on their press, you know, email on their website or something, and then you don't hear back and it's just like, it doesn't feel good. It's kind of demoralizing and it's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do it. But my biggest tip is like, 
getting the rep at least some repetitions under your yeah. belt even if it's for free product like you know obviously i'm a fan of like being compensated for your work but like you know i don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with like you know getting some experience like even if it's getting a product like i got a free wine fridge the other day shelly awesome those I, are like 400 I, bucks that, this one was like 800 so oh my gosh like see right and i'm like that dual, sounds pretty dual good zone, <laughs> dual zone right so it was like i was like Ooh. yeah i'll talk about it in the vlog like you know why not and so it's like you know even today you know like today we've done hundreds of brand deals it's like if it's something you're going to buy anyway it's pretty expensive why not right the key there is that there's not a bunch of talking points right there's not a giant brief there's not all these requirements that they're like you're beholden to um so that's a little bit different i have actually a whole course called gifted to paid helping you transition free product offers into yeah. paid partnerships because that is so a harder one to do that absolutely so, yes absolutely that's like a big hang up for a lot of yeah. people it's like how do i oh, i just get all these free products and i just like how can I get paid? It is know? a tougher jump, right? And especially once you start seeing some of the people where they're like, oh, well, the brand said all of these ex-influencers do it for free or they do it for a commission code or they do it for a coupon. So why should we work with you? Right. So when you are starting to make that transition, let's say it is from you know free product to other, there's going to be um, some brands that maybe you worked with before where all of a sudden you're trying to ask to change that relationship and it, it becomes a little different. Right. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice for navigating some? Well, let's just start with how do we even start working? Would you advise working in exchange for product at the beginning? Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I mean, that's what we did initially when, you know, it's funny, the, the story of progression, like my wife started out, who was a makeup channel, beauty channel, same thing. Like she was just stoked to get free product like that was because you couldn't make money in 2009 on YouTube. That was like not a thing, really. Right. And so like getting a bunch of free makeup and stuff, that was like jackpot for her. Um, but then when the brand started knocking and like saying, hey, like we'll actually pay you, that was but, you know, still there was lots of free product. It wasn't like obvious that, um, you know, we could figure out a way to like transition that we were like. I got to be honest, like I was trying to help out, but even it was the Wild West back then. No one knew what the heck we were doing. And so it was like this. We weren't super strategic or, or about any of it. Right. Um, and so I like I said, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with doing partnerships for free product as long as there's not this like laundry list of things that they're asking. You I was to just going to get to requirements. Yeah. Requirements, requirements and like, revisions. Anything yeah, that starts with like, an R is going to require compensation. Mm -hmm. So what I used to then start when I was transitioning, um, some brands would reach out and be like, hey, can we send you this? And so starting to have verbiage that would be like, you can send it. If I like it, I might talk about it. There's no guarantee that I talk about it. If you need guaranteed placement, then we need to talk about a trial period for me to, you know, like do that. And then there's going to be rates involved. And then there's going to be talks about usage rights. And then there's going to be, um, I don't like to have revisions in any of mine or pre-approvals. And so that's definitely cost me before because I don't want them to have to approve anything. But I also don't want revisions in the, because a lot of companies will go overboard with revisions. So I'll say like if it was factually incorrect and I said it was 10 inches wide when it's really, you know, three inches wide, I will go make that revision. I'll do a voiceover. I'll do an on-screen text. But otherwise, if it's just you don't like what I said and you would rather I don't put out the video, then you can pay me for the video and I won't release it. That's even an, another option or something. But um. Mm -hmm. If it's PR, especially in the beginning, I'm like, it's not going to be guaranteed and it's not going to be absolute anything. And, and as soon as you say, these are the talking points, this is how long it has to be. This is how many posts. Anytime there's requirements and I'm going to be like, let's create a package. 
you know, maybe it's a TikTok and an Instagram post, or maybe it's a story and a TikTok, but it's not like an in-feed static post. Or, and I think one thing that a lot of people haven't really wrapped their head around too is none of the prices are set in stone. You should always offer a package and you should always try and negotiate these things, yeah. right? And if you have a success measurement and it goes well and they come back to you, be like, hey, my prices have raised, <laughs> right? Some of yeah. these things are important to kind of um, think about, but yeah, as soon as there's requirements, I'm just like, oh, that's a whole other ball game. That's that's one of those red flags yeah. for me. So I don't know if yeah. you have some specific red flags that you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I've definitely, um, you know, well, first of all, brands not wanting to formalize the partnership in a contract, that's a huge red flag for me, right? They're saying, oh, we'll just use this DM conversation as proof or this email thread or something. We don't want to do a contract, this type of thing. Like, that's for sure a red flag. Um, what I have found is that um, the likelihood that you will ever, like, actually bring that brand or the agency to court is very low if there is some sort of breach of, of, the, of the agreement. Um, but... Uh, articulating everything in the contract in terms of the expectations on both sides, what you're agreeing to do, the deliverables, the rights, the, going through that exercise to actually like articulate all that stuff, just that exercise itself. And then, you know, both of you signing on the dotted line, even if it's virtually um, or digitally, uh, is, is a very big part of like ensuring that we're all on the same page here about what I'm going to be doing for you and what you actually are going to be doing in return. Right, and so I think a lot of creators are intimidated by this. It's, it's actually tricky because, especially when you're starting out, um, you and the brand says we don't have a contract. It's like, well, I don't want to go out and hire a lawyer to make this contract because I'll lose all the money that I'm going to be making on this deal. It's like maybe it's like 200 bucks or something, and it's like meaningful income for me, but it's like I don't have the um, like uh, the income to justify that. And so the advice that I always give there is, um, if you want to make money as a creator, okay. There are going to be things that are business expenses, that are a cost of making revenue, right? You probably buy camera equipment or you buy new laptops or editing software or whatever, right? You look at that, oh yeah, that's like a justifiable expense because I can like make the content, right? If you wanna make money from sponsorships and brand deals and you don't have something as basic and fundamental as a contract template that you can easily edit, Okay, maybe there you don't touch any of the, maybe it's a 10 page contract, you get your lawyer to bless it, you don't do anything with the first nine pages and all you do is you edit the last page, which is the appendix, okay? And it <laughs> says what you're gonna do, the usage rights, all the key stuff, exclusivity, what you're gonna pay me, payment terms, et cetera, right? You, go, you need to go out there and hire a lawyer to make that boilerplate template for you. That is a, even if you don't have a brand deal right in front of you, to like justify an immediate ROI. It's, with, it's just like any other business, you have to invest things like this to be able to protect yourself so that when you do partner with brands, it's not going to cost you. So it's like, you need to shift your mindset around like, what is an, like an, a justifiable expense as a creator. And this is one area that I, I think a lot of creators need to need to revisit. Do you think a lot of people have their own boilerplate template, um, contracts, or would you advise, um, going with the one that a brand will send over? Yeah, so I mean, typically, especially when you start to work with larger and larger brands and agencies, usually they will have a contract template that has already been, been blessed by their legal team. <laughs> and so uh, that makes the contract approval process. And even if you do red lines to the contract, which means like you actually make some language revisions and stuff like that, um, even, even just you can do red lines, but it makes the contract approval process so much quicker because they've already, their legal team has already kind of like blessed the, the main bones of the contract. Um, where... 
having a template can, can really come in, um, in handy is especially when you're starting out, when you're working with smaller and medium sized brands who may not have worked with a lot of creators in the past. They don't really understand what should be in a, in a creator contract. So it's like it, the onus is on you to have something ready in that situation where there's a brand that doesn't have one. Because everyone thinks like, oh, like, like every brand does influencer marketing. Every brand works with creators. There are tens of thousands of businesses every day and brands who have literally never worked with a creator. So it's like you need to be prepared to like have something to give them if, if you do want to work with them. For sure. Now, one thing that I, I do want to ask you when you're doing an exchange sometimes with brands and you're starting to have this conversation, media kits, do you believe in them? Should you have them? Should you send them? When should you send them? Okay. All right, Shelly. Um, I don't know what advice you've previously given about this. So maybe I'm going to um, like ruffle rub some you feathers. The wrong way here. <laughs> feathers, but I do not believe a media kit is necessary to to like of the of the last 100 brand deals that my wife and I obviously it's a little different. We're a little bit more established in our careers, but like of the last 100 brand deals, a brand or an agency has asked to see our media kit maybe five times. So it's it's not very frequent. However, let me put a caveat on caveat on that. Um, the exercise of creating a media kit is very useful. Yes. The reason is that it helps you clarify your creator identity, right? And you can all of a sudden, if you have to sit, if, if you if you got a blinking cursor on your screen and you're like, and it says about me, you're like, well, crap, like, what, what type, who am I? What, what type of content do I create? What is my value proposition to a potential brand partner? What is the composition of my audience? I'm not just talking about demographics. I'm not just talking about where they live. No, I'm just talking, I'm talking about like, what makes them tick? All their like, psychographics. Who, yeah, all right. their psychographics. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, a lot of creators don't think about this. The reason that a brand wants to partner with you is not you're an awesome creator. They want to access it's your audience. It's business transaction. Exactly. It's a <laughs> business transaction. You are the conduit. It's the <laughs> advertising to, to the direct audience yeah. that they want. That's what right. it is. Like, mm -hmm. let's look, make no qualms about it. Like, you can be yeah. friendly or even sometimes friends with some of them. But um, what it is, it's a business transaction. They want to move units or sign people up or sell something or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to do. And they're hoping to yeah. do it through your audience. And talking about, you were just mentioning about pitches. Like so many people make this mistake when they pitch. They're just like, hi, I love your brand. I'm Justin. Uh, here's my channel. Would love to collaborate. It's like. Are what you does giving that the brand mean? any right. indication right. of who you are? What the like you know what the like do you understand anything about their brand, their marketing objectives, what you can help them help them accomplish? Right. Also what that does is you're basically putting the ball in their court and being like, "Hey, think up an idea for us to work <laughs> I know, right? And it's so much easier to say like, "Hey, <laughs> I have a foundation series. I want to test foundations. I have a specific product in mind that I would like to test. This foundation I will make you a video in exchange. It's you have to give them something. It's really easy to like say yes to. Exactly. Like the more and hoop jumping, like no. Yeah, and 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 not only that, like the likelihood of them just saying sure, let's do it is low. But you just have to give them something for them yeah. to wrap their mind around. It'll be like, well, you know what? We're not doing any YouTube campaigns right now, but we're actually trying to check out TikTok. Like. Do you have a TikTok? Like, would you be interested in Right? So it's like, right? Well, you, you probably will pivot into something else, but that's not the point. The point is to just like put something on their plate and be like, what do you think? Right. And I think it's um, something, it, it's interesting because I always know that having a media kit technically is a good idea. I've never, actually, that's false. I do have a one pager about myself with just some basics, demographics and audience breakdown and, you know, by country and by gender and 
Um, and then also like just some social stats from different websites, you know, like 192 yeah. million Giphy views or whatever else it is. Ooh, yeah, so something, I love that right? I'm going to teach you how to make this. Yes, and um, <laughs> know, real, real quickly though, I'll just before we move on from the media kit thing, I just want to say one thing, which is if anyone listening here does have a media kit and you have pricing listed in there, take it off, please remove, take that it page. off because it take should be a negotiation. Exactly. And it should be based on a package, hopefully. Yes. And there should be, I will say back from my training as a salesperson, I will say there's usually a good, better, best type of solution. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them will take the middle option, but you can't do that if you're like, my price is X for a video. Right. My price is X for a mention, right? And I'm like- <laughs> Not only that, not only that, Kelly, what so many what so many creators do is the brand reaches out and they're just like, oh, we'd love to collaborate with you. How, what's your rate for this, whatever. And the creator will say, well, Usually my rate is X, right when but they negotiate I'll do it for against X themselves. Minus Y. It's like, no, you tell them your rate. And right. You shut up. And right? I'm, I'm always like, um, here's the thing: is it's not my job to save your company money. <laughs> if they are like, oh, that's too expensive, we're like, okay, let's not do a YouTube video. Let's do just a TikTok, or let's do a, let's work backwards if we want to. But we're not going to sit here and be like, you know what I mean? So um, I'm I'm all about that life too. So yes. yeah, usually you don't want to. <laughs> just have that number and throw it out there. So I will say I did go through the process of having, I guess, a media kit. Yes. Mm -hmm. No one's ever asked to see it, but they like to know that I have one. It's like mm -hmm. that little flex. I'm like, oh yeah, do you, you know, I don't think they've ever asked because by that time they've probably already looked at you and vetted you and seen something that they liked. Right. Otherwise they may not be approaching you anyway. <laughs> so. the, the, other, the other thing though, is that you can use it as a lever. So there's all sorts of psychological things that you can do and, and tactical things that you can do. So for example, um, we do have a media kit and one of the most effective things that you can do if you do have a media kit is have testimonials in there from your past brand partners. And at the, at the crescendo of the campaign, when you make the post, you ba basically say to them, hey, um, loved working with you. Would you be willing to share a two to three sentence testimonial of your experience yes. working with us that we can include in a few, our future media kit? How and easy I was to work with, I delivered on time. Yes. 97% sales of the time, they're going to say, right? And so we add all those testimonials to our, our media kit. We make case studies, et cetera. And then at a critical point in a negotiation, maybe the brand has become a little bit less responsive, or maybe this is a tool that we use when we're trying to, uh, you know, get a, a recurring deal or something. You use it as a lever and you basically say, hey, you know, uh, you know, just wanted to check in, you know, see how things are going. Is there any additional information we could provide? Also, if it might be helpful in your conversations with the brand, like if it's an agency, I have references. right? Um, here's our <laughs> uh, media kit where you can see some of the testimonials and case studies of past brand partnerships. So it's like, there's all these like little things that you can do. And so like for those circumstances, I am a fan of having it, but not as like a, the other thing too, is like, if you're doing a pitch, don't attach it to the email of the pitch. Especially right. if it's the first one, because all of these brands have email firewalls and filters that block unknown recipients, especially if it has an attachment. So well, it's also like you're, you're coming on a little yeah. strong. It's like a first date, yeah. maybe coffee, mm -hmm. and you're like, and here's the wedding certificate. And you're like, dude, what? <laughs> can, can we just get to the part where I swiped in a direction for you? <laughs> Although I did, I did tell my wife like, like shortly after meeting her within a week that I like wanted to marry her. That was a little. But that was a week. Yeah, it wasn't. That's, that's a week. A week is pretty quick, right? But it wasn't the so, first no. date. Right. That's okay. like, oh, no, he's going to kill me. Like one week is like, oh, know, well, look at us. <laughs> what, a, what a fun story. Yeah. <laughs> Still different. Yeah. I did come on a little strong, though. She'll, she'll even admit that. Right. But yeah. <laughs> hey, but it worked out. Yeah, like, worked out. It worked, worked out. out. Right. So. Three million dollars later. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> 
no, not for the wife. I meant for the brand deal. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, for the brand deal. For, for the, the brand, brand deals. deals. Okay. So what would you say for people out there? Are there some green flags out there for some of these brand deals? Um, I know we talked a little bit about red flags, right? If they have a laundry list of things, if they say the words in perpetuity, which just means forever, y'all. Yeah. And sometimes you want to have an escape clause, not only in like how long something has to live on your channel, but like what happens if that particular company or company owner all of a sudden gets embroiled in some sort of scandal that you don't want your name attached to. I've had friends in this situation right now where they're under contract for a year and they can't even say anything bad about the company for a year while they're still working with them. Their audience is starting to turn on them because they refuse to talk about this person who they did a collab with this year, you know? So it's, um, how do you, how do you have some of these red flags or like work through them? Yeah, it, it can be tough and you're right. I mean, I think a lot of creators, um, don't think about this piece about how to protect themselves in these scenarios because they just feel like, oh, if this brand wants to work with me, I'm so lucky. Like, and when in reality, these types of things are like job interviews. You should be interviewing the brand just as much as they are you, right? So the you have to have language in the contract that protects you too, right? And so just that's a perfect example of like you know like something that you should have in your in your contracts. Whereas you can you know if the brand is sullying your name and reputation, that you have an escape box too. The, the when it comes to green flags, I would say, um, you know, brands who afford you a certain degree of creative latitude, like it's very clear from your initial conversations with them that they value that part of like the collaboration is a very good sign because those are the brands who really understand what you're bringing to the table. They understand and respect the intimate relationship that you have with your audience that you've built up over many years. Those are the types of brands to really prize and to treat well because, um, you know, not every brand is like that, right? Um, Absolutely. So I, I think that, that that's like a really critical thing to understand. And you can start to ascertain these by asking questions to the brand, right? A lot of creators don't ask questions. They just be like, okay, they, they just want to take emails. the money and run. They or the product and the run. And run right? <laughs> and it's just like, you know, like, like it's just like have some semblance of interest in like what the brand's trying to accomplish, like asking them questions about their marketing strategy, all this stuff. And this comes with experience, I understand, right? But uh, at, this, at the same time, like how can you possibly know how to forge a successful partnership with them if you are not asking them about them? Right. It's all it's all about like, oh, what are you going to do for me? How much are you going to pay me? How much work do I have to do as a creator? It's like, no, like if especially I, I have the saying, like creators fire themselves from their nine to five job every single month. They work at the brand and then they never talk to them again. It's like, are you an idiot? Like, no, like go back to the brand that you just worked with and try to forge an ongoing partnership. Right. Uh, I, just creators, just, for some reason, they feel like they have to just hustle onto the next deal. It's so much easier to convince, uh, you know, brands and clients that you've already worked with. Yeah. That you've already told you already have illustrated to them your value about why they should con continue to partner with you. I have a, a, a really good anecdote um, about a, a creator that I was helping with a negotiation just a few days ago that um, a brand reached out to, to her and, uh, she, you know, expressed interest in partnering and the creator had a very one track mind about how this partnership was going to go. It's like, I'm going to post on my platforms, uh, yada, 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 I'm, you know, Instagram designing all these like complex packages and all this stuff. And I was just like, let's take a step back here. Let's understand what the brand is trying to accomplish here because this is all looks great and I'm sure we, we could do this, but let's try to get in their head and understand where they're coming. So she hopped on a phone. She, she said, hey, can you hop on a call with me, the brand? She was really nervous. Um, and the business owner essentially admitted that uh, they were really unhappy with their uh, advertising agency and they had recently fired them. And the business owner said, would you be interested in taking that over for me? <laughs> right? And so it's like all of a sudden it turned into this like multi-thousand dollars a month thing 
for the creator. Whereas had she not taken the effort to just like be even a little bit interested in like where the business was, this opportunity would have like, because again, on the other, on the other side, the business owner may have been too shy to like ask if this creator would even be interested in this. So it's like, you never know what's going on right. on the other side of the fence. So like that's- And usually they're flag. not out to get you. It's like, yeah. you guys want to cohabitate correctly together so you can grow together, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's the other thing. I see a lot of this. W one thing that really grinds my gears, Shelly, uh -huh. is, um, is uh, I see a lot of creators on like TikTok and YouTube and stuff who are giving advice around brand deals and sponsorships and stuff and like, bless their heart, like I, I you know, I like that they're trying to help and stuff, but like they they cast the brand as villains. They're right. like, oh, it's like, oh, like you us versus them. Ex yeah, extract as much money from the brands as you can, and like you know they're the enemy, and they're trying to screw creators and like uh, you know all this stuff. And it's just like I get it. That's their brand. They've like chosen an enemy that they are trying to get their audience to like. Face. But like I come at it from a very different perspective. Like I do not believe that brands are the enemy. I think the things that you can co-create with brands. There's a lot of amazing brands out there who you can do amazing things with, and so I think it's really important not having this like brands are evil mentality right. going into negotiations because hey guess what if you think brands are evil then you know that's what's going to happen in the negotiation you're going to think that everything yeah. they do is evil every revision request is evil all it's just it, it, a lot of it comes down to mindset yeah and i absolutely agree with that and i think that some brands absolutely get burned by influencers you know you see it all the time like mm -hmm. i sent hundreds of dollars and i'm a small business and they promised they would make posts and they just took the stuff and never even posted or you know all the stuff so a lot of them are probably very leery too because all they have are influencers knocking at their door all the time being like can i get free this can i get free that and them not seeing a lot of return on all this stuff that they give out so i'm sure some of them are a little bit scared of us yeah. too i mean us as in influencers um yeah. one thing that i think would be a good starting point for anyone trying to get their first brand deal this year or or get more is to really think about what do they use what do they like what is their dream company that they would like to collab with and kind of keep those things in mind because if it's I really want to go after this athletic lifestyle type of thing, that's what my channel is all about, then maybe like Carl's Jr. Bacon Burger things is not the right you're like, but you know what I mean? I'm just saying pick yeah. some extreme example or like your barbecue channel and, um, you know, then, I mean, but you're a vegan channel and, and you getting a sponsorship <laughs> with a barbecue grilled ribs place just because they're willing to pay and get to your audience. If it's against what you're actually about, that's also not great because then you lose your audience and the authenticity and the relationship you're building there. So I think it's really important for you to be like, if these are the top 100 companies that I want to work with, why am I taking things that either don't align with that because it's not just about a quick buck? You know, I think that's a really important kind of um, distinction to have is if this is what I want to be known for, then maybe I shouldn't be doing these types of things just because they're willing to pay. What do you think about that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you have to, like, you can do long-term lasting damage to your creator brand by doing stuff like that. And it's just like you're taking it for a quick buck, and then it's, it's like you're tanking your credibility and your integrity with your audience. It's just, like, totally not the right move here at all. Um, and, and real quickly, you were mentioning about, um, you know, like, keeping in mind your dream brands. And I do want to mention, clarify something here uh, and just kind of talk about this because I hear a lot of creators, especially when they're starting out, um, I think it's great to have big dreams like for sure like I'm, I'm i'll be the first one to say that's awesome um but 
one thing that I think is really important when you're starting out is to have realistic dreams, not just about, you know, if you're just starting out, it may be difficult to get a deal with Nike or Coca-Cola or something like that, right? And so it's like uh, understanding what brands are partnering with creators at potentially a similar level that you are in your niche um, is, a, is a really good way to start because you don't, again, you don't want to get demoralized. You want to get some repetitions. You want to start mm -hmm. working with, there's, there's lots and lots of brands out there. Like one of my favorite examples of this, especially if you're starting out as a creator is, there are so many brands in and businesses in your local community that could use your help, right? The local Philly cheesesteak shop or the local mall or the local whatever, right? They all need to like, they need help with their social presence. And yes, it's a different strategy because it's not a national audience, right? But what a fun challenge, right? You have to figure out, okay, I'm gonna make TikToks for this, the local, you know, strip mall, or I'm gonna let, whatever. Like I, there's so much opportunity in your local community to help brands like grow their social strategy. And they have money to do this. They need to bring people into their brick and mortar locations, right? So it's like thinking a little bit smaller and maybe thinking a little bit more locally is a really great way to like start getting some experience and income uh, like um, like working with, with brands. Absolutely. I think that I once was um, thinking about pitching that uh, for vertical video for local businesses about how to um, teach business owners to create it so that they could repurpose it for Instagram. This was at the beginning of like lockdown when a lot of restaurants and you were seeing a lot of the news starting to be like, all these companies are going under and it started happening in town and being like, what if we could go in there and teach them about how to, you know, show these meals and then, you know, they're on Uber Eats or um, yeah. DoorDash and all the things like, wouldn't that be cool if we could give back in that way? Um, I had pitched it as a project for, um, a company, but it didn't quite go the way that I thought it would. But even that, right? If you want to think local and everything. But my intention with like, think of your dream board is at least you have a starting point too, like things right. that you're already using. Because if you have experience with those things and those brands and those things, that's type of um, like putting in that ground legwork, hopefully for making those relationships and contacts or talking about those things. So you know, I think people have on my channel, they know that I would probably never take an audible sponsorship because I up and down talk to people about Libby, you know, this free library app or something. And so like, I think for people for the last two years who know me would be like, you're totally selling out if you're talking about like Audible now, you know? And so right. like, um, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And, and the other thing too, is that like, um, you know, I joke about this thing called the brands in your house audit. It's very similar to that. It's like, you know, go yeah. around, like go to that corner of your house with like the products that you're using. And, and it's actually take it a step further. Um, one of my favorite things that I teach in my course is actually <clears throat> utilizing organic content that you've already posted in your pitches. So mm -hmm. I have a, a pitching framework called the ROPE method. R stands for relevant to a campaign that the brand is working on currently or have done in the past. O is organic, meaning you can actually <clears throat> tie your pitch back to organic content that you've already posted. P is persistent, meaning uh, you're actually following up multiple times, even if the brand's not responding. And E is easy to execute when they say yes, right? So if the brand replies and is like, okay, yeah, like where do I sign? Let's do it. And you're you like, oh no. Do it. <laughs> right? and the, yeah, and the, and the organic piece is the most critical because it's like how much more powerful is it if you, when you send your pitch, it's like, hey, um, I noticed that you were posting about you know, XYZ on your Instagram last June, right? I also have posted about the Mediterranean diet and then you link the post, right? And so, yeah, and then you go into the pitch, right? But you made that post 
two weeks ago knowing that you were going to pitch that brand. That's what I teach. It's like yeah. you have to be a little bit more strategic about your content strategy. Let's double it. You have to be more strategic about your content because you know, okay, like I'm going to be pitching these other brands. I'm going to start making some posts, integrating this, talking about this because, again, this is a brand and product I already love and use or software or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to use that in the pitch. How much more powerful do you think that pitch is versus – Hey, I'm Justin. I love your brand. Will you collaborate with me? Or how much power, more powerful is it when I made a Trani syrup um, pump um, TikTok that has 225,000 views now where they actually approach me and be like, hey, can we have this? Or I'm be like, yeah, for a really sweet package of like syrups and caramel because I'm running low over here. I'll send you an original file. Um, you know, so like even stuff like that. Or if you could say like, hey, and I've sold um, 99 of them on Amazon, just FYI. You know, or whatever else you know it is. Like, how more, how much more powerful is that when you talk to that brand about? Totally. Here's some sales numbers. Here's some like visual proof on socially about what I was able to do to bring brand awareness to you. Yep. And I think it's something that's really important because if they have a strategy around brand awareness or moving units or something else, right? Some other thing that's coming out, you can be like, hey, here's how my content fits in with that. Or you know we could make something, we could collab on something because yeah. my audience already responds well to this. Wouldn't that be cool if you have something coming up to bring that in? So I think sometimes um, even having content for a company that you want to pitch in the future, great plan. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to switch us over real quick. We have a couple of questions from the audience. Yes, Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Fire. So, and also for anyone who's tuning in now, there is a free email list that Justin puts out every week about brands that are all, he's already vetted them. These are brands that are willing to work with and pay creators. So um, that's that's a lot of the legwork done for you. And he does it for free and sends it out every week. So go um, sign up for it. it. The link is the first one in the description, hopefully. So I think, let me, Dutch Can Jam had come in and said something about are there any online resources for contract templates or specific content um, to content creators for using as a starting point? Or I know you have a four week course. Is that something that's included in your course if people were interested in that? It actually is. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> the one caveat that I will give and that I have to make a disclaimer is that I'm not a lawyer. I have reviewed literally thousands of brand deal contracts, so I, I can definitely feel <laughs> confident talking at length about them. But um, I do always think it's important to make that disclaimer is that if you are able to, like I said, go out and invest and hire a lawyer to actually make the contract template for you or um, have a lawyer that you work with on, you know, they get percentage of the deal or something. There are, you know, lawyers out there who, who exist. Um, but it's, it's really, you know, it's really critical to understand the actual what i what i think is most important is that i would never sell the contract template alone not in the course i guess is what i'm saying is because you need to understand you need to understand what's, what's in, in it and the nuance you need to understand what's in it and the nuance <laughs> uh otherwise it's a terrible idea sending out a contract because right? if you don't understand it you're not gonna you know utilize it properly the, the biggest and most important thing that i'll say a lot like a mistake that a lot of creators make is that they actually wait until they receive the contract from the brand to start questioning some of the deal terms like all of these things usage rights exclusivity paid rights like you know um the deliverables like all this stuff those all have to be negotiated before you get the contract or before you send the contract for the brand because what actually happens is that especially let's say the brand came to you um the moment that you get the contract that co that person has already told their boss that you're locked in for this rate <laughs> okay and then because they had to go and like go say to the legal team hey okay we're done with this deal can you go make a contract for this creator and then what happens is that when you get the contract and you're like oh I, f I forgot like you know it says exclusivity it says oh i should go get one of my three cats oh this is cooper by the way hey cooper what's going on bud 
He's just, um, he's like, if you. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I'm talking about contracts here, bro. <laughs> he's it, kind of an attention monger. And if you don't <laughs> pick him up at some point when he wants, then he's just going to let you know about it. So. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll try and keep it a little mellow, Cooper. Sorry, bro. Um, uh, man, that was, I can't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, just just generally, like, you have to ensure that you're negotiating all this stuff ahead of time because if you then all of a sudden come back and be like, hey, like, we need to, like, renegotiate this language or whatever, then that contact has to go back to their boss and be like, hey, uh, I know I said that they were locked in, but they're not. Like, and you do don't want to do multiple rounds of it, right? Yeah, because then you wear them down exactly. and you have the chance of them just being like, you know what, this creator's not even worth it. It's just exactly juice is not worth it. Squeeze. Exactly. And like you, you want the whole goal is you want to make your brand contact win. <laughs> you want to make them look good. And so doing things like that does not look, make them look good. <laughs> right. Right. But I think some general things that you're going to need to look at and then hopefully they'll be included in your template or yeah. wherever when you go out there, you're going to need some basic boilerplate things such as when are you getting paid? Is it a net 30? Yeah. Is it half up front? Is it only that and commission coupons? Like that's important. Or like, when are the dates of the deliverables and yes. do they have to have approvals? And if they have approvals, how many rounds or who owns it? Is it going to be on their socials? Is it going to be on their website? Maybe that's going to cost extra. Is it going to be content that's only for them? Is it going to be on your socials? Does it have to live forever? Is it a story, right? Is it, when can you take it down? If there's exclusivity, like I can't have any other company work with them for how long is that? You know, you don't want like, five years or for life or something like that because it's going to cost you right literally thousands from not being able to collaborate with another company because you didn't read creator, your contract i had a creator agree to five years exclusivity on a free mattress yeah i, I saw that in one of your videos and i was like free mattress on, right it's like but you know unless you're informed and you're like maybe because you're subscribed to creator wizard and to shelly you know these not to do these things right we're gonna slap you but and be like stop it Stop yeah. it. <laughs> no, but you the, saw perpetuity the, and exclusivity and you were like, let me sign for well, another, free product. Another one, <laughs> like, another one is termination clauses. So like a lot of brands will put into their like, we can terminate this at any time without cause, like for any reason that we want to. Yeah. So what happens when the brand, you've already created the content, you haven't posted it yet. Uh, the brand decides, hey, we don't want to do this anymore. They're within their right with that language. So you have to have language in there that says, hey, if you like certain like milestones, if you've already created the content, and you know they decide to term terminate without cause they still owe you the full amount like things mm -hmm. like that you don't think about but stuff like this happens like i'm, I'm not mm -hmm. joking like like we have had we've worked with some pharmaceutical companies in the past and any of you who've like worked with that or understand that process it's like the legal compliance stuff to like work with a pharmaceutical brand it's just crazy i mean and if you can hear their legal jargon that they have to spit yeah, in there the yeah, mile exactly a minute can you effects. imagine what they have the for other effects. stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and so it's like we, we've had multiple times shelly not just once where we've created all the content and during the review round legal team just decided you know, we're no longer going to pursue this. And they paid us the full amount. This was like yeah. $20,000. You know, back so when I like, used to sell real estate, it, there is a clause actually in the real estate thing that says like, hey, if we sign this contract that says we'll sell your house for, let's say, $250,000, whatever, <laughs> that would never happen now in Seattle. <laughs> it's like, here's a tent. Um, right. And we bring you a buyer who's willing to do that. But you just decide for some other reason not to take the deal. You still owe us the sales commission because we were able to find a buyer at the price that you agreed to. Even something like that specifically, even if they don't buy the house, right. it's still in the contract, you know? Mm -hmm. And those types of things and escape clauses and, 
you know, am I required to talk about these talking points? And at what point do I have to say it in the first 30 seconds? Or, you know, like, what does the FTC disclaimer look like? Because it has to be there, you know, did you know, and don't that's a huge red flag right there. If some company tries to be like, you don't have to hit that, like, Mm. you know, subscribed button, you don't have to put this hashtag, you don't have to run, don't walk. Because they're just, uh, you know, or, or things like um, you see a lot of like uh, buy this on Amazon, we'll reimburse you through PayPal. Mm, ooh, yeah, right. Right. And I know you're really into Amazon video now, too. And I know you had yes. a contract that fell apart and your video. If you um, if you guys haven't seen it, there's a great video like how he lost twenty four thousand dollars in a brand deal. And there was maybe something about exclusivity. And so yeah, that so is that, something. That's... Right. Exactly. Like, this um, is real stuff. Like this, this happens, is all real stuff. Right? This happens. Yeah. So right. I didn't mean to give away the whole. I, I really meant to go tell people to go watch that video, no, no, and no, I no, think I fine, just gave fine. it away. I'm I sorry. actually think no, not at all. I actually think the the story is is useful. Like looking at the emails back and forth. Like, I actually show you the emails from the brands and like the back and forth and what we said, the negotiation, all this stuff. I think it is quite illustrative um, to like understand how some of these negotiations take place and and how like kind of your mindset going into it as a creator. Yeah, absolutely. Any other? Um, big success stories that you want to say about like maybe ongoing relationships that people have been able to form with brands because I know sometimes when you stop thinking of them as adversaries and you start thinking of them as friends with wallets you want to be nice to your friends with wallets because they have the ability to get more budget get more bills in that wallet or or you know remember that they don't like you and a lot of the time they end up going to other companies and all of a sudden that company that you want to work with they're not going to work with you because that same recruiter representative whatever is like oh they're so difficult to work with they make it so hard because you had to win on something that maybe didn't so do you have any awesome stories about relationships where it went well and they just like repeated yeah absolutely i mean um, actually just today, Shelly, it's not quite that, but like it was, it's a good example of this is that we had a brand reach out to us or a prominent agency and they said that they had this budget. Like we were trying to say under this budget. Right. And, um, it was significantly lower than what we would typically charge for that statement of work or those deliverables. Um, and so one little trick I say is I literally ignore the budget. Like, you know, I'm, I don't care if that you told me that. Thank you. I asked for it, but I, I really what I, I don't care. And so when I put it together, my packages and things like that, um, pretty much every package is over the budget. Yes, there's one that's close to the budget, but the, again, with the goal, it's like actually anchoring them to go towards some of the higher packages. Um, and so they come back and ooh, magically, maybe we can do some of these larger maybe. things. And so, and so one of the, um, things that I did is I said, Hey, it's, so it's a timely campaign. It's just something that's happening like really quickly. And so I said, Hey, let's just, I understand this is like, we got to get this going. I, I'd be happy to jump on a call. Let's just kind of like hash out these, these details. And so jumped on a zoom with them about two hours ago, uh, literally, and came away with a deal that was more than two times what they initially wanted to pay. Congrats. That's amazing. So thank, you. thank you. And so it's like the, the, the point, the point here is establishing rapport works plain and simple. Right. Like like once they get the face to the name, they understand they could hear a little bit how you're going to bring the campaign to life. Um, so many creators are just so scared of this type of thing. And the goal is not to go on the call to, like, tell them the rate. Like, and it's not to say, like, hey, this is how much it's going to charge. No, it's again, going back to earlier. It's about just talking to them, being a person, listening to them, acting interested in like what they're trying to accomplish for their brand or their agency. It's as simple as that. Right. And so um, doing things like that as a creator will instantly differentiate yourself from everyone out there who's like has no interest in in this type of thing i always say don't be a creator don't just be a creator be a consultant (laughs) you can go into these brands and help them do really fascinating things that you may not have thought like you know they would value before 
Yeah. I think it's totally also in the wheelhouse sometimes too, your um, scope of work or whatever, even if you think it's outside to be like, hey, I saw that you guys did this campaign. I think it would be really cool if you tried something like this. And if you are that consultant role, you did that for free. And then, you know, you build some goodwill with them or, you know, build more rapport. And I think that it's it's okay to do that. I really do. And, and two things I'm going to talk about a little bit when it comes to money, right? I know you talked about it a little bit too, is you don't discount against yourself. You know, usually yep. it's X, but yeah. You know, so I'm really like, don't discount against yourself. And maybe you just change the package. Maybe you change the offering. You, you know, instead of a dedicated five minute video, it's a one minute mention in the middle of a video or something like yep. that for that budget. Yep. Here's what we could do. You know, change it around. It doesn't mean no. It maybe just means no to the initial scope of work, right? So negotiate that. The terms are usually negotiable. Another thing I would say is, in my humble opinion, <laughs> I believe that other influencers, creators, whatever you want to call us, we should be open and transparent with each other about working with brands and how much sometimes budgets are. Now, mm -hmm. caveat being, um, if I have a very specific targeted thing and I'm coming with an audience um, of a different size and I'm talking to a buddy who's also talking to them, I can understand why they might get more or less than me based on right. many multitude of factors. So it's not like, well, I heard that you're paying Justin 1500 and I'm worth right. 1500, right? Well, well, Justin has way more subscribers and, uh, you know, sways slightly more male of this age demographic. It makes sense, right? right? So I'm not talking that, but I am talking about how um, I've had a friend be like, hey, have you heard from this company? I'm like, yes. And they offered me X. I'm like, oh, that's funny. They offered me nothing. So obviously they're willing to pay, but only in certain, you know, so like right. that kind of thing though, you don't know until you have a conversation with your friends. So I'm always yep. in the, let's be open and honest and talk about it. And my feelings don't get hurt about like, why would they offer Justin more? But I would yep. be curious, like, is there something I can discount, not, you know, in the package or, you know, do less work because they wanted a five minute video and they're going to pay us different. So I say, I want the same amount of money or less money, but you don't get a five minute video. You get this. Yep. Right. hundred percent. Like you don't, you don't just discount for no reason. If the brand just comes and says, Oh, well, we don't have that much. Can you do it for 2000? You can say, I can't do two posts for 2000. I can do one post for 2000. You know, it's like you, you reduce the deliverables. The other quick thing about the community aspect and like talking with your friends is, is absolutely critical, Shelly. And it, it's even more than that. It's actually you need to surround yourself with creators who are business minded because a lot of the times, you, yeah, maybe you have a group of friends, but you probably know some of them aren't super business savvy. So you maybe shouldn't take business advice from them. It's important to like have like that's one of the reasons why I created my course in the community because I, I really wanted to like create a, a destination and a beacon for people who really are taking their creator businesses seriously because um, yeah, like you know, there are people out there and there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. It's like, you know, they're, they kind of treat it primarily as a side hustle. They want to keep their, you know, nine to five job and that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I tend to see that people who are, who don't really take it as seriously, um, they're willing to make lots of concessions, lots of discounts yeah. because it's like they have another income, you know, that they don't need to like, so they don't necessarily need to like fully advocate for themselves. But when this is like, you're, it's on the line, it's your full-time thing, even for side hustle creators, like you have to understand, like, do not discount the value that you provide. That is not something you need to do. And you need to be surrounded by people who understand that, like, you know, no, like maybe walking away is a better choice here. Yeah. Right. And so, especially if they're unreasonable in what they want from you. Yes. Totally. 100%. And you know what? And I think that if you don't have that conversation open, honestly, with your friend, I had a friend who wanted to go do a sponsorship with the same company I had done a sponsorship with. And when they were asking me, hey, can I send my draft over to you about what I'm going to send them? I was like, oh, you should, you know, double your rate because I can tell you for 
from personal experience that um, they paid me more than what you're asking and your audience is a lot larger than mine, mm. you know? And so having a friend to be like, hey, here's an extra few thousand dollars because it was an extra few thousand dollars a month. Right. You wouldn't know unless you asked a buddy who was open and honest with you about it. And when they got a contract for even more than that, I was like, well, one, you're welcome. And two, you owe me dinner. You know, okay. and that's yeah. like. <laughs> like legitimately, I, don't, I, I truly do not. Look, so many creators tell me I'm just not a good negotiator. Like I just will never be like, you know, I, I just can't do this. And it's BS. Like anyone can learn how to be a better negotiator, but it takes investing in your knowledge. Like I said, so many people just like invest in courses. I mean, in, you know, equipment and you know, computers and camera gear and all this stuff. And it's just like, like if you want to do anything, you grow your career. Like if you want to become, you know, some get some sort of professional certification, you go out and you take a course, you go out and you do this. But somehow for course creator, for, for creators, it's like, there's like a stigma on it. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like, is this course really going to be worth it? Like if you could take a course that could m help you transform from like going to charging a thousand dollars or $500 as opposed to $5, like, don't you think you would do that? Like that's, that is literally my pitch for my course. And it's like, I, I truly under, like, I really truly have no problem talking about this, being very clear about it because it, like, like it's crazy the amount of like money that some people are charging for like, I, I have a creator, Shelly, a TikTok creator who went from making $1,400 to $2,000 a month, and now she's making forty dollars to $50,000 a month, literally after going through my course. So it's like, like people just, you have to understand what you're worth. And if you don't do it, you're leaving so much money on the table. And, and there's just absolutely no reason to be doing that. Like invest in your knowledge. I'm begging of you, please. Right. I don't care if you do it with me. You can do it with anyone. Just like, please invest in making yourself better as a creator because it's going to behoove yourself for the rest of your career. I think there's a lot of, when we'll come back to imposter syndrome, and we'll kind of close yeah. this out, of, people, you know, cause it's tied to subscriber number and they think that yeah. that is somehow indicative of their real influence or of their, you know, shininess to a brand, I don't know, however you want to say, or they're, they're willing to do like tons of things for very little money. And it becomes, they just don't believe enough in themselves or have enough definitive proof that they're worth more. So I think that's one thing that's really great about when people start watching your videos and understanding like what are these red flags and what is the verbiage that they use and what kind of tactics, you know, what are they saying and how are we leaving money on the table by saying the price up front, by sending the media yeah. kit too soon, by only quoting one price and not doing packages, by not following up with brands that we've worked with before, all of these yep. things, right? And, um, and it's because we either have no experience or we're just not believing enough in ourselves that we're worth a better experience than what we're, right. we're settling for. 100%, right? Shelley. Yep. Okay. Um, so is there any, like, last advice, stuff that you want people to take away from this particular session? Yeah, just get started. I mean, you know, I, I, working with brands, I think, can, can be very overwhelming and intimidating. We've talked about a lot of strategies and tactics today. And, like, th and, and I, I think... You know, one of the things I've heard a lot is like a lot of this stuff just takes confidence, right? And when you don't have that, when you haven't worked with a lot of brands and you're trying to just get your very first deal, it's easy to talk about this stuff, but it's just like pressing send on that email or pressing send on right. that DM. It's just, it's really intimidating. And it so is. my sincere advice is just just do it shoot that shot closed mouths don't get fed you're never going to know if you, unless you ask and if they say no or they don't respond you're literally no worse off right, right? and so That's, um, exactly it's just a conversation right, right? yeah yeah exactly it's, it's a just a conversation and i think people build it up to be so yeah. much scarier than it is and it really at the end of the day is conversation conversation with your buddies and friends about how much are you making hopefully you have good buddies and good rapport with them conversations with like 
what's what's your end goal? What's your budget? What's it cost you not to have a successful campaign? Yep. You know, those types of things. Totally. Like, right? Like, what are you trying to get out of this? Maybe this isn't even the right mm-hmm. package for you. Maybe you, what right. you really need is this, you know, or doing that well, consultant stuff. And, and the other thing, too, is just like, in addition to the just ask, it's like, look yourself in the mirror, like the expertise and the knowledge that even if you don't, you think you don't have that many followers or subscribers or whatever, um, the expertise that you have is actually very valuable. Lots of brands yeah. have no idea what they're doing on social media and they're looking to you. They they could look to you to be like, hey, help us figure out YouTube or help us figure out TikTok. How many brands, YouTube channels have you looked at, gone to Gosh, where it's like their 30 second TV ads? Well, that, one, they're that's awful, all that's on there. right? Yeah. And that's all that's on but there. But some like, of the time, too, what, they're like, they're freaked out about, like, yeah. I don't know how to do TikTok. And you're like, oh, I'm just yeah. a scroll with a phone. But you're like, hey, I've got this video. It's already done and you can have it for your TikTok. Wouldn't that be awesome, right? right. Like, if, when right. you're making it really easy for them to say yes and you're making your representative or recruiter look good. You make it really easy for them. Like, hey, here's five pieces of content that you guys can have on your channel. You don't even have to, like, put my name on it. Just buy these pieces from me. It's still a strategy, right? It's absolutely. Okay. Where can the people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to, um, you know, get in touch with you? Absolutely. So I'm at Creator Wizard pretty much everywhere on social media. Uh, My YouTube channel is Creator Wizard. Um, But mainly, my my newsletter is the best place, I would say, because I, I, you know, I know you probably say, like, email, seriously, Justin, but truly. I don't say that at all. My channel members know. Yeah, yeah. I did an entire private video just for them about how to set up, like, a MailChimp landing page and start their own um, YouTube email list. I was like, I'm all about it. Do it, it is owning owning your audience. I call it. It's like you know you you want to be able to be insulated from the ups and downs of the algorithms on yep. social media, right? And if you so, have something to sell, actually, statistically, yes. it sells much better from an email oh list gosh. than ever putting it in a video. Hundred percent. It's just like so. Yeah, my newsletter is like my baby. Like I, I love my. That's my favorite. I, I tweeted the other day. I was like. I've been a YouTuber for 10 years and I'm finding myself spending most of my time in ConvertKit these days, which is my email client. Uh, so it's like, you know, I love the newsletter. It's like, you know, like I said, there's free brand deal opportunities in there. So um, uh, creatorwizard.com slash join is the newsletter. Um, and then like uh, yeah, I was I was mentioning I, my brand deal wizard course, I have uh, it's it's cohort based. So I only run it three times a year. It's live. I teach it over Zoom. It's a four week program. Um, again, where I, I teach you how to find and negotiate your dream sponsorship so that you stop leaving money on the table. Um, and it's a blast. This is my fifth cohort, I believe, that I've run. And so it's just getting better and better. The stu- the creators in it are absolutely incredible. Uh, I think it's it's going to be capped at 50 creators this time. So the cohort sizes are getting larger. Like it's, it's, it's a really, really amazing transformative experience. And so uh, if any of you guys are interested, the uh, enrollment actually opens on Monday on January 31st. So you can just go to branddealwizard.com if you're interested. Awesome. I've been part of a few programs where they'll be like, hey, while in this cohort, our students have gotten this much in brand deals or they've done this much in sales. And I think it'd be really cool. I don't know if you have that yet, but you should like collect the numbers and be like, our students while in this one, you know, we closed this much in brand deals while still students or something that'd be like, Awesome. I love that. Okay, Shelly, see this little black box behind my this I do. Little, this little thing. That is yep. an LED ticker. Okay. Yeah. And I have created a goal for myself. It's my new mission. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna help creators big and small land a million sponsorships by 2032. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be my live counter. So uh, I'm still trying to figure out the tech side of it, of getting the API and getting it all yeah. on there and everything and leaderboards and all this stuff. I'm really excited about it. And so that that is my mission. Like I, I'm yep. really excited about helping people, everyone win. And so, yeah, it's just, I love that idea because that's where my brain is at right now is like, how can we all win together? Right? Yes. And have it be like cheering for each other. Like, yes. hey, we're getting 
to the million dollar mark from all of the students or all the people getting these deals. Like, what can we do to get there? I remember yes. when I was at Tubity, I was like, I think it'd be really cool if we saved people a billion hours. Oh How gosh. can we, you know, broadcast that and, and get that. everyone to a billion hours? So I, for you, for a million dollars, I mean, at least if no, your students are telling you, right? Or I mean, sorry, a million in sponsorships. Oh, a million sponsorships. <laughs> Which is a much taller That's order. A, yeah, but you know what I mean? If it was yes, something totally. you can be like, oh my gosh, every time a ticker, like everyone should be celebrating because what's good for someone else getting a sponsorship means there's another company out there believing in investing in creators. That means another company that maybe would invest or look at you in the future. It's, it's, it's good. It's all good. You know, Yes, absolutely. <laughs> there's no, I always say there's no one success pie. No one's taking your slice of pie. There's yes. plenty of pie. <laughs> rising, rising tides float all lift all ships. Absolutely. Justin, thank you so much for being here on this week's episode. So happy that you were here. I am going yes. to um, hit end, but hang around so I can say goodbye to you. I've had some people just like, yes. Boop. So, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> but we will say goodbye to all of the people watching. Thank you so much for um, tuning in. We'll see you next week for another episode of Triple T. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.